Hello, everyone. The following show is a bonus episode. Sadly, this is the episode we never wanted to release. Today, my mother, Natalie and Sofia's Abuelita Carmen, passed away. The movie we were reviewing, A Walk in the Clouds, was our favorite movie. We recorded it a few months ago, knowing that one day we would release it in her honor. The movie is about a Latino family that takes pride in their heritage and puts family first. It's a perfect embodiment of my mother. Please enjoy the episode. This one's for you, Mommy. Te quiero mucho. Hello, and welcome to... Poppy Approved Movies. My name is Poppy. And I'm Natalie. And today we're going to be watching A Walk in the Clouds. Before we begin, there will be spoilers. If you haven't seen this movie and don't want it to be spoiled, press pause and come back when you're finished. Now, Poppy, tell me the deets on this movie. A Walk in the Clouds came out in 1995 with a runtime of 1 hour and 42 minutes. It was written by Robert Mark Kamen, Mark Miller, and Harvey Weitzman. It was directed by Alfonso Aura. The main stars are Keanu Reeves, Aitana Sanchez Gijon, and Anthony Quinn. Fun facts, this is my mother's favorite movie. She loves that a Latino family is portrayed as respectable, educated, and cultured. My mom would always say that Latinos have a rich history and culture that people never see in the movies. So what do you think, Nat? Well, I thought it was kind of boring. (sighs) Please proceed. It was very, it was very strange and kind of boring. And the storyline was strange to me. Okay, so I'll see all you got. It's just boring? Yeah. All right. What did you rate it? I gave it a 3.5. 3.5? That's not too bad. Just average? Yeah, very average movie. All right. Not much of a boring movie if it's average. Well, boring mo- I find average movies are boring. So it's what is, just a what's movie. a bad movie for you, then? A bad movie. Labyrinth. Okay, no, I understand that you didn't like Labyrinth, but I'm saying, like, what makes Superman? a bad movie? What makes a bad movie, Natalie? Um, and those are two movies that I showed the girls back in the day. I was excited for them to see it, and they ended up being not as good as I remember it. And now they always make fun of me about Labyrinth and the original Donner Superman. They're scary. But what makes, like, like what would give you a half star? Terrible storyline, terrible acting, terrible premises. All right. Okay. I can see that. All right. This one, the acting wasn't, like, 100% either. That's another thing. No. Some of their, like, expressions were kind of dry. Like, you didn't feel much emotion from some of the characters. Okay. And like some who? of the things that they said, it felt like it was a script. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I agree. It was kind of a little bit of a cheesy love story. Yeah. And Keanu Reeves, as much as he is a handsome guy, he can be... Not the best actor when it comes to delivering romantic lines. Yeah, that's kind of true. Why don't we get into the recap? The movie begins with Paul Sutton coming home after four years as a soldier in World War II. Sadly, no one is there to greet him. He walks home and sees his wife, Betty. Imagine fighting like a whole war and then having to walk home. I know, that'd be kind of sad. You would think that someone would pick you up from the, from the boat drop-off area, huh? Yeah, like maybe even his mom or something. Well, he was married. Yeah, you're right, huh? I mean, no, no, he didn't. Well, we'll find out later. He doesn't have a mom. He's he's an orphan. Oh, yeah. But, like, whoever raised him, you know? No, he was in an orphanage. So he was there probably until he was an adult, and then he went to the army. Oh, uh, yeah, I kind of forgot about that. 
He walks home, sees his wife, Betty. They met right before he went off to war and married the same weekend. He asks if she's read any of his letters, and she admits she hadn't. It's kind of strange, because, like, in this moment, she's, like, almost fully naked. Like, why? Yeah, she's just, yeah, that's true. She's just in hanging out, like, in lingerie kind of thing. And huh? it wasn't even, like, she was cheating on him at that point in the movie. Spoiler, like, bro. There wasn't that. anyone there. Yeah. So it was, like, she was just naked. Maybe she didn't want to get dressed that day. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it kind of reminded me of um, Jenny not reading any of Forrest Gump's letters. Yeah, but at least she kept them. Jenny did, or Betty. Betty kept the letters. She did keep them, and he wrote almost every day for four years, so it's a lot of letters. And what's strange to me is that later in the movie, it shows that like some of the letters were open. Like she had tried reading them after she realized it like upset him that she didn't. Yeah. But then, not really. Like she didn't really care that much. Obviously. She did. She read them. But like she didn't read them, and then she read them, and then she didn't care about him at all. I think she just felt guilty about not reading it, and that's why she did. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what I think. Anyways. With a little push from Betty, Paul leaves to recommence his work as a traveling chocolate salesman. He meets a woman named Victoria on the train, and she throws up on him. Later, they take the same bus. On the bus, some creeps start harassing Victoria, and Paul stands up for her and beats them up. He's kicked off the bus. I would be so mad at Victoria at this point, but he's just so calm. First of all, she threw up on you, which is disgusting. I mean, it was, a, it was an accident, you know. Yeah, but still. We later find out that the reason she threw up is she's pregnant, so you're going to get really mad at someone for throwing up on you? Yeah, but then they, like, get you kicked off a bus and they don't really, like, say anything to help. He chose to fight those guys, right? She didn't. She didn't ask for his help. I mean, he was being... A gentleman about it, but still. Yeah, but she still didn't say anything like, oh, he was protecting me. She just kind of sat there when it, he got kicked off. We don't see it, right? Because he just gets kicked off from the outside of the buses where we see what happens. Where they, Him and the two guys are kicked off. I thought they were going to beat him up outside. But they all kind of just looked at each other. It was kind of weird. Yeah, why didn't they, they get into the fight still? I guess they were afraid of him, maybe. They, they were just bored. Yeah, maybe. They were, well, they didn't want to fight. It was him that started the fight. He was just protecting her. They just wanted to, like, make out with Victoria or something dirty like that. I don't know. It's so weird. Yeah, it's kind of weird. One time I was on a plane, a baby threw up on me. But it was on my pants. So. <laughs> it was, like, around my feet, so it wasn't too bad. But The baby just, like, bleh. He threw up, and then it splattered everywhere. Anyways, I think we've talked enough about throwing up. What do you think? <laughs> why is there so much throwing up in this movie? I know. Why is there so and much And they make checking? such an effort of like making it known that he stinks so bad afterwards. Right. Well, you don't see the throw up. You don't? Yeah. So, I mean, it's done in a classy way, I guess. It's not like in some movies. Where, well, not like Pitch Perfect where you saw the throw up oh all over gosh, the world. Oh, my gosh. So much throw up in Pitch Perfect. Why are we still talking about throw up? Can we move on with a recap? <laughs> what? You have a problem with no, it? No, I just think we're done talking about throwing up. Paul begins to walk and spots Victoria crying up ahead. We find out that she is pregnant and the baby's father has abandoned them. She fears that her father, a very strict and traditional man, will kill her. Paul comes up with a plan to save her. First, he will pretend to be her husband, and then he will leave her so she keeps her honor intact. And she agrees. He's still, I know it's like a good thing that he's trying to do, but he's still cheating on his wife. At this moment? Yeah. She's pretending to be someone else's husband? Yes. But they weren't doing anything. He just but pretended. He was, they were, he was just like acting for her. Yeah, but still. 
Yeah. Leaving your wife for like a bunch of days to be with another woman. I say that in quotation. Well, he wasn't. It was supposed to be one night. And he was stuck, right? Because he couldn't. What was he going to do? He got kicked off the bus. I don't know. You think mom would get mad if I pretended to be someone's husband to save her honor? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think she cares about someone else's honor, huh? All right. You're right. Maybe. I don't know. I think that's the honorable thing to do. Keanu Reeves is the honorable man. I don't know. Mm. Mediocre. Paul and Victoria walked to her family's vineyard, Las Nubes, or the clouds. There, Victoria's father, Alberto, points a shotgun at them. She tells him that Paul is her husband, and Alberto is incensed that she was married without his blessing. Later, Victoria introduces Paul to her mother, Mari, Abuelita, and her grandpa, Don Pedro. They are surprised, but welcome Paul to the family, much to Alberto's fury. I like how... I, it didn't make sense that the I feel like the mom would still be like kind of confused and concerned, but even she was like, "Yay!" I think she was. I, I mean, maybe a little bit upset, but then at the same time, like, what is she gonna do now? Yeah, that's true. But I do like um, the abuelita and, and the abuelita. They're they're. they're but, but that makes sense though. Right, because it's just they're her baby, right? Yeah, yeah, that just I feel like that would happen always. I like Don Pedro, the actor, Anthony Quinn. He's won two Oscars. That guy's. A very famous Mexican actor that's been popular through a lot of movies. I think he's great in this movie. Yeah, I thought so too. That night, the family gets together to have a formal dinner. We find out that Paul is an orphan and that he sells chocolate for a living. Which I've forgotten about. Yeah, not Don Pedro. He eats a bunch of his chocolate, you know. Yeah. Grandpa does. I like... I I wonder why Betty was urging him to sell chocolate. Like I bet she could have gotten like more money if he did another job like he wanted to. I think she just needed money then and right then and there. Yeah, and I guess losing your job's a pretty bad way of doing that. I mean, I guess he his job has been being in the military for the last four years, and now he doesn't have a job. Oh yeah, that's true. So I don't know. Anyway, so we find out he sells chocolate. Alberto takes pot shots at him all throughout dinner. Paul is calm and cool and doesn't explode for Victoria's sake. This is the time where he talks to him about not having a past or a history. Victoria's family knows their ancestors for like 400 years, and Paul unfortunately doesn't even know his mom and dad, so. Yeah, but he can make history, okay? That night, Marie prepares Victoria and Paul's bed, which has been in the family for generations. Paul plans to sleep on the floor when Alberto walks in and sees the sheets on the floor. He doesn't say anything, but he suspects something is up. Paul's plan is to leave early the next morning. See, so he was only going to spend that one night. And he was going to spend it on the floor. Once again, I don't know if that's called cheating. But yes, okay. it is. All right, I don't know. We have to do another poll. <laughs> we have to do another poll. I think you're going to win on that one. I'm not sure. I, I think we'll so, think. too. Well, later on, he does. Okay, well, spoilers. Let's move forward. There's oh, This whole thing is spoiled, Daddy. Whatever, we go in order. We go in order, Natalie. No. That night, there is an alarm. The grapes are frosting over. The entire family goes out to help prevent the frost. That night, Paul and Victoria begin to fall in love. That seems like, that. I bet that's like their worst nightmare of them like not knowing that they freeze, the grapes freeze. And they just wake up one morning and it's like, oh, we've lost all of our money for this year. I wonder, they must be some type of like, System in place to prevent. And how could they, how did they know that it, they were frosty? So they, like I said, they must have a system in place. I mean, they've been doing it for 400 years, right? We realized that they started yeah. back in like the 1500s. 
The next morning, Paul begins to leave, and Don Pedro asks him to take a walk with him and to bring his chocolates. Don Pedro shares with him his family's history, which began with the first Aragon coming from Spain in 1580 and bringing the roots of Las Nubes with him. There is a special place where the root still resides. Don Pedro tells Paul he is an orphan no longer. The Aragon root is now the root of his life. After some heavy guilt tripping, and because Don Pedro ate all of his chocolates, <laughs> Paul agrees to stay one more day to help him with the harvest. It's funny because he keeps eating all his chocolate. And some of them he didn't like, or he just like, and he spat it out, remember? It's so realistic, though, because, like, there's some chocolates in the box that are just like, why does this exist? Like, who allowed this? I don't know. Maybe they just thought, maybe there were cheaper materials, and then that way, if you put a couple of yucky ones, then not too many people will complain, maybe? I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. A money tactic. So it's about money. At the harvest, we meet Pete, Victoria's brother, who is studying at Stanford. He's there to help with the harvest. Alberto is angry that Pete has anglified his name. You know what anglified means? No. Kind of to make a Spanish name English. So like to Americanize a name? Exactly. And the anglification of names happens all the time. Like a lot of people call you Natalie. Yeah. But your real name is Natalie. Although we call you Natalie. We call you Natalie as well. But, you know, like you have like some people who call you Natalie, but most people call you Natalie. Natalie. Or just Nat. Or Nat. That's your nickname, right? That's true. No, I'm not going to call you not. I'm not. <laughs> it's very strange, though, because, like, it's kind of sad when, like, names eventually get Americanized. Oh, I agree. Yeah. It's like you're losing a part of your culture. And in a lot of cultures and religions, names have such, like, meaning and value. So to just throw it away, to Americanize it, is just so sad. I think that's why Alberto was like, no, I pay the University of Stanford a check. For a man named Pedro, not Pete. <laughs> He's like, maybe I'll cancel the checks. That's what he said. When the harvest begins, Paul is hopeless. After a while, he gets really good and starts to compete with Alberto. I don't understand how he's become that good and then is going against Alberto, who's been, like, picking grapes for years. There's no way that all of his experience is, like, the same speed as this new guy. Let's be honest. Alberto is the don of the land. He doesn't pick grapes. That's like, you know, that day he does it for like an hour, right? And then all the real workers in the fields are going to pick the whole vineyard, right? Oh, yeah. So, true. I mean, and the fact that he's older, and I'm telling you, he probably hasn't actually picked grapes like seriously ever in his life. You know, like Pete <laughs> came in to help out. Paul is like this kind of competitive, but he, I mean, he's a soldier and a really good soldier. He won a, a medal. I think good. he's trying to also prove himself to the family, you know? A little bit. And then a little bit to stick it to Alberto, right? Like, yeah. like, mm. The grapes are put in a huge vat to be stomped on. Abuelita goes in first and blows a conch shell, asking permission from the four winds for the harvest. The conch shell, when we blow into it, never works. We need a real one, like a really good one. When you get the store, not from the actual beach that you guys get it from. We try our best, okay, Papi? Yeah, I guess so. Then all the women go in and start crushing the grapes. They dance while music is being played. They throw Paul in next, and he and Victoria have a very sweet moment. And then she goes to sleep and rolls around in her grape-stained sheets. I am going in order. Natalie, why are you skipping? Today you want to get to the end of the month. The end. That's what no. you want to hear. I don't know. It's just, it connects, you know? It all connects. It's all connected. It's a movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a movie. But it goes in order. Okay, anyways. Paul and Victoria run off and they start making out hard. Paul stops himself and says that he is not free to give her his heart. Because he's cheating on her. Even, no, he's not. Well, yes. He is. He's cheating on who? Both of them. 
<laughs> Remember what did we watch? Um, Scott Pilgrim. Oh, he's cheating on her, but he's not cheating on her. He's cheating on his wife. But obviously, he is cheating on his wife. Now, I'm saying that he's cheating on his wife. Don't say, Dad said it's okay to make out with someone else, okay? Don't be busting that out. They're cheating! Even though he has fallen in love with Victoria, he's guilt-ridden because he is married. They go their separate ways, and Victoria is left crying, staining her sheets with all the grape stains. Rolling around. Rolling around. In the grapes. In the fetal position. She was crushed. Crushed! Like the grapes on her bed. The next day, Paul tries to leave again, and Abuelita takes his jacket and begins to wash it. Paul and Alberto talk about Victoria. Paul tells him that his daughter is amazing and needs his love. Alberto tells him to stay out of their family business and that he will never be a part of the family. Rude much. At this point, he's kind of having doubts that they are actually together, or he thinks he's going to leave her, or he starts to have ideas that maybe he's doing it to like take her money. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's what I, I think I see him doing. Yeah, but the abuelo is like he can. I think he knows, like he knew, because he whenever he would try to leave, he would immediately like take him on a walk and like deroute him. Yeah, I think I think abuelo knew that he's gonna leave her. Yeah. Especially after all the kind of the insults that he was taking, I think he. Felt, but I knew he wouldn't say anything though. Yeah, I don't know. He never said anything, but then he does try, and then it ends up going poorly. So this is the next part, in order. Paul tries to leave again, but Don Pedro stops him, and they start drinking. Hey, I was in order that time because he already did stop him once. You can't yell at me. No, you say he keeps stopping. I mean, so you already already spoiled the second stoppage. Natalie! No! What are you doing to me? Paul tries to leave again, but Don Pedro stops him for the second time, and they start drinking. (laughs) They laugh and sing, and Don Pedro teaches him a love song to serenade Victoria with. This is my favorite part of the movie. The way Don Pedro is so loving and funny is so sweet. Older Latino people have a way of always caressing people's faces. Don Pedro does this with Paul, and it warms my heart. I think it's strange. Out of all the movies we've watched, there's already been two Victorias that are, like, up in a window. And then, like, the person's down below. I guess Victoria is, uh... The yeah. woman to be serenaded. The seren- yeah, the serenade or I don't, I don't know if that's the word, but yeah. Paul sings his song, and the whole vineyard can hear. Even Alberto decides to give Paul a second chance, because he obviously loves Victoria. Sadly, Victoria doesn't turn on her light, and Paul leaves. In the distance, he sees her light go on, but it's too late. He already left. Like, he's not going to walk back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, ah, oh, it's too far. I can't walk back now. But then now we know he was ready to cheat on his wife, right? He was actually going to do it. Yeah, he was actually going to cheat on his wife. Well, I mean, once again, even pretending to be his her husband is cheating to you, so I don't mm, know. It is, because it is. The next day at the Harvest Festival, Paul shows up and says goodbye to Victoria and gives her baby his World War II medal. Alberto, who has had a change of heart, proudly introduces Paul to his family priest and says that they will have a wedding that night. Victoria has to tell her dad and the entire family the truth, and she does, and Paul goes home. That's so scary for him, though. Scary for who? For main character guy. Paul? Yeah. Well, he just left. Yeah, but if he ever, like, comes back, he would be killed probably by the dad. No. I mean, everything... Yeah, I mean, he lied to him, I guess. Yeah. But it's all Victoria, That's true. When Paul gets home, he catches his wife cheating on him. She has finally read all of his letters and realizes they are very different people. 
She has annulment papers ready, and he signs them, and he leaves and goes back to Las Nubes. And she's also cheating on him. This is a way. In movies, it happens all the time. Like when someone falls in love with someone that has a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a husband or a wife. They make the wife or husband, like, cheat on them or be bad for them or they decide that they're not good for each other. To make it, like, seem like they're a hero in some way. Yeah. So it makes it, I mean, so as you can tell, this is obviously, he did wrong. Yes. He did wrong. But now it's not so bad. But now it's not as, it's, like, validated. Yeah, because she cheated on him, right? So. And then she she was probably with someone for who knows how long. Probably all the years he was in the military. Probably, for all we know, right? In the vineyard, Paul runs into Alberto, who is furious and drunk. Paul tells him that he would love to marry Victoria, and that now he can because his marriage is over. Alberto calls for his gun and begins to fight with Paul. Alberto throws a lantern to Paul and starts a fire in the vineyard. The fire spreads and everyone tries to put it out. Pete gets on fire and Paul has to save him. Las Nubes burns down. It's scary that, like, a forest didn't go on fire or something like that. Like, the fire was, like, super spreading, but it was also somewhat contained. Well, I guess the plants are all connected. I but then know. the fire just goes out? I guess. The whole point is that their heritage, their home, everything is destroyed because this is how they make money. This is their history. This is the root of their life, right? Yeah. The next morning, the family is destroyed and crying to see their whole vineyard in ashes. Paul gets the idea that maybe the original root is okay. He goes back, takes it out of the ground, and brings it back to everyone. It is still alive, and Las Nubes can be saved. When he comes back, this is something that really annoys me, is that before Victoria, her face is like all dirty, and her hair is like all messy, like it would be if there was a fire. But then he comes back, her fair hair is all nicely combed and it's recurled and her face looks clean (laughs) i didn't notice that no it annoys me so much i was paying attention to the emotional part of the movie not someone's hairdo but okay yeah Hmm. alberto cuts a small piece out of the root and gives it to paul and victoria saying this is the root to their new family later we see las nubes restored and flourishing the end when I think about the movie, I understand that it's very basic. I understand that, you know, at, at a certain point, we watch older movies and we think a little cheesy, a little formulaic. But the reason I think mom, my mom, grandma, abuelita, loved it so much is because, A, we have Latino families that, you know, show proper representation about culture. But yeah. also, it's just a very sweet love story. I'm a skeptic. You know, 25 plus years later. We can see that there's some issues with it, but I, I do think that their love was true. And I think I think that this marriage will last forever. And then they'll have they'll raise that little baby whose baby that is, her professor's baby, and then they might have their own family and they will take over Las Nubes and I can see them like doing something like that now as an old couple. At least I think so. I think their love is true compared to some other movies where we go, You think they'll stay together forever? I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. All right, Nat, let me ask you a couple questions. All right, I'm here. You're here for them. I'm here. Could this movie still be made today? Well, I think overall it could be made today. Other than, like, I don't think the audience would be there for this type of movie there. But, like, there wasn't very many scenes that were, like, controversial or anything. The dad was, like, that 
when she came back with Pete mm-hmm. that women belong at home and not in the city. That's what the dad said. Yes. Mm-hmm, yeah. As in, like, you shouldn't really have, like, an education. It's not really needed. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she's she, carrying uh, the baby of her professor, which is weird. She, oh, hmm. I wish that were weird, you know. Fortunately, you hear things like that all the time, right? But you do think that uh, he didn't want her to go to college. Yeah. Right. It was good that Pete went to Stanford, right? Like, yeah. That was fine. But he didn't he want her. He was happy with that. And he felt that her going to college corrupted her and made her be the person that she was and end up getting married with some nobody, according to him, right? So I, I agree yeah. with that. It seems, like, kind of strange because, like, now every all sorts of people go to college. Sure. And yeah. the true. fact that his view from... Two of his children coming back from college was so completely different. Was just like crazy. Yeah, double standard for sure. Does it pass the Bechdel test? I don't think so. You don't think so. You know what? Let's go ahead and talk about it. Bechdel test is about female representation in movies. Has three criteria. Criteria number one, are there two named women in the movie? Yeah, there's Victoria... And the mom has a name, right? Marie. The abuela has a name. Abuela has a name. I don't. I don't remember. I didn't write it down. But because <laughs> all the female characters but, are just so. Well, other... they call her abuela, right? That's why. That's they, true. Yeah. That I don't really remember any of their names because they're like not really featured characters at all. Betty has got a name, but you know she's in the movie about two minutes, right? A minute yeah. in the beginning, a minute at the end. All right, so there are two women named. Uh, do they ever talk to each other? Um, I feel like they only talk in a group. Okay, so we do have women talking to each other. Yes, although I'm still confused in if the Bechtel test is like women, two women talk to each other, but like, is the man if a man's in the conversation, does it still count? You know, I don't know. I mean, I think yeah. I think if two it women talk to sense. each other, I think it's fine, right? Yeah. Yeah, because if a man's in the room, then it's fine. Because they all talked during dinner, you know? Okay, and then do they talk about anything other than a man? No. Okay, let's think this through. There's a couple conversations I think that were not so much about Paul, but was about the fact that they were getting, that they were married. So you had some of the, like, uh, the people who were, like, the cooks and the maids and the servants. I think some of those ladies were talking to each other about everything that was going on yes but even still if they're talking about the marriage they're still talking about a man just a man and a woman and then the other scene is when marie is making their bed the mother is making the bed and starts talking to paul and victoria about how that bed has been in her generation that it was her grandmother's bed that it was her bed before her now she wants them to have the bed even though it's actually her bed you know and Alberto had to sleep in another room. He was so mad about it, remember? I know. I'd be mad, too. She was talking about the history of them and their bed and the family. So I would say that that, that part would have passed the Bechdel test, but maybe not, because she was talking to Paul as well. Because yeah. Victoria already knew all that. It was like repeating a story to Victoria and telling a story to Paul. All right. Anything else you want to talk about? No. Nope. Okay. 